Morning or afternoon or whatever time of day it is, you have found one of the most prestigious podcasts <laughs> on the internet. Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Matt and Rob. Hello. We are so glad that you tuned in. We are. Thank you. You know, Dr. Rob, let me just say you are amazing and I just love the way your hair is flowing today. You know what? You are a chipper guy. I want you to know that today is the day you can do anything. You're amazing. Hey, you're the best. Hey, well, I don't even know how to respond to that, especially the hair piece, because I think you're referring to all three of my hairs flowing in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, today we're talking about what? What's our topic of conversation today? I believe you were uh, referencing uh a thing called toxic positivity. Yeah, so my intro was about pumping you up. We're here to pump you up. To pump you up, yeah. Right. Um, I have to admit on this episode, episode 40, toxic positivity, that um, yours truly made a grave error because we've already laid down this track once and I lost the file. <laughs> It was one of those terminal technology blunders that I just hit the wrong button, and when I looked back at Logic Pro, all the tracks were gone. Well, the good news is that uh, mistakes, no success or failures ever permanent. Oh, I like that. That's kind of positive. It is. But it's, it, it's, it's not toxic positivity because it holds in tension both the positive and the negative. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, today's topic really was born out of the idea of we've entered into 2023. The year has started off. Um, a lot of times resolutions are a part of the beginning of something new. Um, and here we are on the 18th of January. So we're well on our way. Maybe Hey, have you gotten like a gym membership or are you working out or are you not eating this or are you vowing to do that or are you really a resolution guy? No, I'm not. No, I do work out. I try to watch what I eat, but I don't, I don't typically do resolutions. I don't find them beneficial. I don't watch what I eat. I eat what I eat. <laughs> I try to eat healthy. <laughs> You try to follow a healthy diet. I do. Yeah, sometimes I think in the midst of the lives that we live, we can oftentimes have an inauthentic positivity. Those are my air quotes. And we want to discover what is authentic versus inauthentic positivity. Yeah, I think toxic positivity is an overemphasis or an exclusive emphasis on the um, good vibrations only. Yeah, good vibes, baby. Yeah, only only the positive. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, hey, just think positive, man. Just <laughs> think positive. That's exactly right. Oh, and it's not that bad. Or just look on the bright side. Or there's a silver cloud. Or silver lining in every cloud. Right, right. Something right. like that. Yeah. Right. All, so all, always staying on the surface, always staying with that positive vibe, making sure that nobody harshes my mellow. <laughs> exactly. It, it's not just the focus on the positive, but what makes it toxic is it denies 
a person the authentic support they need to cope and to get through difficult or hard times. Mm -hmm. So it's that combination. I'm overly positive, but I'm also minimizing, rationalizing, or denying what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we are kind of referencing kind of a resident type toxicity in the positivity. Like this isn't just acute. It's probably something more resident in somebody's mindset. And maybe that could be, I'm just guessing that could be like denial. Like I don't, I don't want to face what is real. So here I'm reading an article out of psychology today, um, a PhD, uh, Shasta Hertz. And she made this statement about what toxic positivity is. It is an act of avoiding, suppressing or rejecting negative, negative emotions or experiences This may take the form of denying your own emotions or someone else denying your emotions, insisting on positive thinking instead. Yeah, it's it's like a steady dose of encouragement. We're just going to encourage and or it's not that bad minimizing. Um, But usually it it is connected to me trying to manipulate you and your hard emotions. Yeah. So like I might, even though I work here, I might text you, my boss, <laughs> colleague, I might colleague. text you and say, Hey man, I had a really hard day today at work. And you might reply, Hey, at least you have a job. Look right. On, look on the bright side, like with a blowing kiss emoji or something, <laughs> right? Trying, trying to cheer me up. Hey buddy, tomorrow's a new day. You know, here I am maybe opening up and willing to be vulnerable and say, hey, today was really hard. You could have invited a little more realistic response to my bid. Yeah. What I did in that scenario is I avoided your authentic human emotion. What we're talking about is not just validating it, but it's also... um, being in the moment with those hard emotions, mm-hmm. not just a simple acknowledgement that you're having a bad day, but if I was utilizing toxic positivity, which does a lot of shame and guilt, it produces a lot of shame and guilt, I would be minimizing it. You mm-hmm. know, it's just one day. It hasn't been, I mean, it can't be as bad as you, it's not as bad as you think it is. Do you think the avoidance from the person, in this case, you listening to my complaint do you think it has something with your own inability to deal with your emotions based on hearing my emotions? Oh, I totally do. I think that's probably the f- the frequent one of the main contributors. I don't want to feel I don't want to I don't know either what to do with your harder emotions. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to feel what you're feeling and or I erroneously believe that the hard emotions and the easier emotions or negative or positive emotions can't coexist side by side. Mm-hmm. And that's not life. Well, in this article, it says, hey, the reality for developmental psychologists, they're like, actually, this isn't about toxic positivity. Really, in fact, it's just good old-fashioned emotional avoidance. Yeah. Invalidation and, frankly, just denial like I had re- responded earlier. Um, it's offering a platitude when connection and empathy are needed 
because it feels easier to stay at the emotional surface rather than fully experiencing difficult emotions. Yeah, the platitudes are not robust. They're not designed to meet the deep need or hurt that an individual is facing. What is, is presence, empathy, honesty, authenticity, congruency. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any of that hardness go away, but it does help support a person through it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example where I would avoid something or somebody was avoiding something when we were both facing difficulties. And, um, you know, I can think of all kind of examples with friends and family where there was just a sense of avoidance of not wanting to tackle what was really right in front of us. Oh, yeah. And so taking a positive spin on it um, would be the maybe strategy to be able to avoid having to deal with those difficult moments. And um, obviously, because of my, my training as a counselor, it is far more easy for me to navigate difficult spaces, not so much as a counselor, but just as a human, because my training has influenced who I am. I think I've grown more mature. Maybe you would have to be the judge of that. But, <laughs> but the reality is historically, I can see where my immaturity was running point, where I was taking that along with culture, the culture around me, just taking the side door out of dealing with what was really presenting as truth. Yeah, you'll see that with people of faith. A lot of times they authentically, or we authentically, we believe in a God who's involved and active, um, who's all-powerful. And so what's interesting, though, is God doesn't delete reality, even for his own son. <laughs> I mean, Isaiah says he was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Toxic positivity doesn't just focus on the positive. It also ignores the negative. It, den it denies. It, it facilitates a, a lack of authenticity. Pain is not the enemy. Toxic positivity makes pain the enemy. Pain is not the enemy. It's a necessary part of life. Um, you know, when you break your arm and the doctor sets it, you're, you're in pain, but it signals healing. Prior to the doctor setting it, it signals something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of toxic positivity, I feel like not only does it facilitate guilt and shame, and it is um, not authentic but it really robs an individual of a per a it really robs an individual of the opportunity to grow through hard times yeah taking i mean i hear you and i know you 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 are a realist versus yeah. an optimist or a pessimist you kind of sit in that middle ground of being truthful about what's presenting and you are very comfortable, what I've experienced, you're very comfortable dealing with uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, which is, you know, the authentic definition for positivity would be an ability to find meaning or purpose, joy, amusement, yes. inspiration, gratitude, contentment, interest, all love, hope, while 
committing to the reality of what your life really is when it is good, thankfully, when it is bad, when it honestly could become horrific, that there is a an ability to be truthful with what is presenting in your life. You know, we are now in January, we are approaching the third full year of the pandemic. Yeah. And on the heels of like getting over COVID with vaccinations, maybe COVID not making the frontline news, around me with my friend group and just network, so many people are getting sick, sick from like upper respiratory, Mm -hmm. a lot of people with influenza A, um, really getting knocked out. And so it's just like, could we get a break? Yeah. Yeah. You know, could we get a break? And I'm just, I'm looking at, I was in a conversation before we started recording with one of our colleagues, the esteemed Ashley True, and we were talking about the reality of the current situation of the planet. And it feels like as we are addressing mental health, it feels like a flash flood. Yeah. And like we get hit, like the car gets swept up by a flash flood and you're trying to find solid ground. And it's even further, it's kind of like what California has been been dealing with, with successive storms and successive bouts of heavy rain and flooding. And it's like, wow, there seems to be this reality of difficulty still kind of plaguing the earth. Is that too dark or too? I don't know about that. It seems like it's the earth to me. For instance, you know, when you go swimming in Lake Michigan and the waves are kind of robust, sometimes you you get knocked down before you can get back up and stand on your feet. So the the lake, when it gets kind of gnarly, that's that one wave after another wave after another wave. I think that what is potentially happening is there was a lot of energy expended on COVID emotionally, uh, physically, financially, and coming, I don't know if it's ended or not, so to speak, but whatever that is, you mentioned the third year, that was a taxing time for most people. And what we seem to, I agree, what we seem to be witnessing now is fatigue from that linking to whatever is going on today. It kind of doubles or triples. Mm-hmm. And we're, I, I don't personally think um, in America that we have very robust coping skills. Mm-hmm. I think most of our coping skills are unhealthy or dysfunctional. Yeah, and here's a good spot for like a public service announcement. You know, we have mentioned in our, one of our last episodes that we're going to be hosting a mental health conference called yes. Resilient. Right. And that is going to be the weekend of April 28th at Gray Spring Church here in Richland, Michigan. And um, we are in the final stages of getting all the details kind of finished for the the public promotion, launching a website for registration and things like that. But because we've been attending to this, I think the concept of resiliency is really important 
for so many layers of our community, like the definition of resiliency or being resilient is to bounce back. Yes. And I think the idea of toxic positivity is trying to buoy your way out of a difficult situation. And it just doesn't have the, the power to keep you afloat. Not only does it, I like that. It doesn't have the, not only does it um, lack the power to keep you afloat, it avoids the reality of the waves. Like when you articulated what you did about what we're seeing at the center or other places, it ignores that. It minimizes or rationalizes that. And that's not useful for dealing with life. Yeah. You can't just, every problem requires a robust solution and just being positive about it or encouraging a person through it. That's, that's not, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Actually it creates harm. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, our in church this past Sunday, um, the message had to do with the life of Jacob, old Testament. Okay. Right? Abraham, yep. Isaac, Jacob, Jacob. Um, and it, it was specifically in regard to his journey after he had acquired all of this wealth and he was moving back, he was with his uncle Laban mm-hmm. and had married a couple women. I mean, I'm married to one woman and she's amazing. Like I can't hardly be good enough. My wife deserves far better than me, but he married like two women and got two other women and four <laughs> women. I, I, I don't know how that works, but, um, but he's on his way back to encounter his brother Esau. Mm -hmm. And you'll find this in the book of Genesis, but he was on his way back to meet and to reconcile with his brother who he had betrayed earlier in, in time. And so he was afraid. Yes. But the point of the message this past weekend was there was a point where Jacob stopped and spent the night by himself in a barren and rocky place. Uh huh. And the point was so good because it was barren and it was rocky. It was uncomfortable. Yes. And yet God was right there. Yes. And he woke up after having this encounter and said, this is the place of God. This is Bethel. Yeah. Right. And it's like, boy, isn't it good to know if you're a person of faith that God is in the midst of the difficulty with us? Oh, totally. I, I think it's the power I think it's the power of presence, right? Where you're a person of faith, you can access the Lord's presence in that. If you're not a person of faith, there are still people. We, I'm not in this alone, mm-hmm. right? And it's their presence, their authentic presence, not the toxic positivity, like everything's going to be okay. It's just you can't promise that, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's. I, I remember um, many years ago when I was a teenager, I was dating a girl and her 40-year-old father, healthy, uh, suddenly collapsed. And we were seriously dating. This is before Sandy's time. And being a punk kid, teenager, I and the fact that 
Her dad was 40. He was, he was young. He was strong, strong as an ox. I mean, all of the things that you would think of would enable him to survive. So my approach to my then girlfriend was, oh, it'll be okay. It's all right. He's young. He's healthy. Everything's good. It'll be okay. That night he died. And I look back on that and I'm thinking, not only was I overly positive slash toxic positivity, that toxic positivity produced a false hope. That's, it, that's good. It, 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 it blinded me to reality and the possibilities of reality, which then made it impossible to prepare. So the toxic, one of the unintended consequences of toxic positivity is it, it facilitates false hope. And I personally would rather see something coming at me than get blindsided or hit from the back. Yeah. I mean, great example, but that teenage self, that teenage Rob, you know, I don't know if he could have done anything different. I know. I, I, I try to give grace that way, too. Uh, so it's been a lesson for me, a reminder that, you know, it just, it just, it, it's just better to be dialed into reality. Well, I mean, I'm thinking about what you witnessed and what you experienced. That's heavy. Yeah. For a teenager. Yeah. You're not wired to experience loss. Well, the culture definitely isn't. Like that. I mean, so I can, I guess, understand why maybe that would have been your stance while yeah. you're trying to support your girlfriend. You were brought face-to-face -face with a real dire situation. Yeah, and it wasn't, to your point, I was a little unusual because uh, by that time I had already faced other friends or family issues but I, I, I can remember thinking I just so badly want her to be okay and not feel this. I think that's good. You know, I think, I think it's good that. Yeah, that that was there, but the, the methodology, the toxic positivity did not help. Yeah. And it was false hope. Yeah. I think that's, that's again, tied back to the idea of denial. Yeah. Where I don't want to, I don't want to believe or accept that this is true. Right. And so a more authentic positivity would be when, when kind of sitting with your girlfriend, you know, things, things aren't good. Right. Um, things are very hard right now. Even so we can stay kind of tethered into our life and, and rather choose how we want to think about this situation and how we want to ultimately respond. And that does take bravery. Mm -hmm. It's a personal responsibility piece, but it takes bravery and courage to sit with things that aren't good. Yeah, it takes an attitude that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Right? That's what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. um, it takes the maturity to manage the hard. I like hard versus negative but the hard or the negative emotions and not deny them, mm -hmm. they can coexist. 
They need to coexist. They coexist on this planet, whether you want to believe it or not. I like that image. Like they are, they cohabitate the same yeah. house. Yeah. Like they're, like they're roommates. Yeah, they are. I, I, and attention on that, that the versatility and the maturity is I have the ability to function in the, the easier or the positive emotions. I also develop the maturity and the ability to sit in the difficult or negative emotions. Yeah. That's why I don't like the word negative. <laughs> I, I get our culture uses it, but I don't see the hard emotions as negative. I see the hard emotions as necessary. So I think we're saying that we're nobody's going to escape difficulty and pain and suffering. We've oftentimes referenced that, right? Yeah. You're just not going to escape that. No. Therefore, it most likely has purpose. Like pain has purpose. Yeah. Um, and so we had referenced in our first recording of this, we had referenced uh, Victor Frankl. Yes. The idea, this is the Jewish psychiatrist that survived the Nazi concentration camp, um, lost his wife, mother, father, brother in the yep. Holocaust. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book, Man's Search for Meaning. But um, in this experience, obviously, he experienced horrific, dire situations. Yeah. And I think as an existential theorist, Frankel, um, he would argue that you can actually choose your attitude toward life. Yeah, I think it takes practice and intentionality, but you're right. But it, but it, according to him, he it is in the midst of his pain, and, yep. I'm, and I'm not an expert on Viktor Frankl, but according to what I understand, he learned how to choose how he would respond to the difficulty. Yeah, he didn't ignore it, and he didn't minimize it, and he didn't take a toxic positivity approach because that would have prevented him from dealing with it. He he figured out how to manage the negative emotions without denying them. Mm -hmm. It says here in this article, the reality, he said, you could choose hopelessness. Yeah helplessness, pessimism, stuckness, or despair, or you could choose something different. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think, a, a to, toxic positivity takes away that choice. You, you mentioned about optimism versus pessimism. Um, the reason I think about being realistic or Realism is the fact that there are times in life where it is optimistic. And then there are also times in life where it's very pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And a realist, I think, has the ability to access both of those appropriately. I like that. It doesn't say you can't be optimistic. Right. Or that you shouldn't be like weary and like pessimistic. It's There's a balance touching base with both and trying to find balance. I think integration. Yeah. You know, I, balance is a good word, but I think integration. I, I, I'm optimistic about or excited about, you know, some of the um, uh, newer staff or team members that we have here. That's really good. I mean, I also 
have a certain amount of pessimism because like we opened up in this podcast, there is a lot of things coming their way mm-hmm. and they're not, they're not light. <laughs> they're heavy. Right. Right. Yeah. I think we are as a culture, that's why we're doing the resilient conference. Yeah. Because we have felt led that we need to do something both for and with our community. Yeah. Like teachers, EMS, first responders, Responders, business owners, business owners, yeah, marriages, families, schools, churches. Like we as a community need to partner together to really be aware of the importance of being resilient together. Yep. Advancing through adversity together is our tagline. That's a great tagline. Just advancing. Like, we're ch- we don't have a choice. I don't have a choice not to be my wife's husband. Right. You know, or my kids' father. Yeah. Or a counselor to my clients. Like, I have, I, ch- I need to choose to show up in advance. And I'm hoping that others will take that posture too. Yeah, because and, and not denying the reality of the difficulty I may be facing. No, you're growing. Resiliency is bouncing back. You're growing through. You're learning from. You're developing. Um, and to me, it's best done when you have people that you're traveling with your pod or your pack, right? My, yeah, my people. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's been a it's been a great journey being here at the Response Care Center, being part of a culture that does practice this. I like to think we do. <laughs> well, I, I think as helpers in the area of mental health providers, you know, as counselors, we we get the pleasure, the privilege of sitting with people's stories. Yeah, and um, and I always say that I cannot not be aware of my own story in the midst of that process. It's a, it's like, it's like, I, I'm not sterile. I'm, I'm not a robot. I'm a human being helping. And in a sense, the therapeutic process is a mirror. Yeah. And I find it an advantage to be able to connect with my own humanness. Oh, I think so too. While I am connecting with their humanness. That's congruent. That's authentic. Yeah, I do think we were we, in our culture here at the center. I do believe that we collectively take responsibility for practicing what we preach mm-hmm. and holding each other accountable. Yeah, yeah. You're around here. You're not going to get away with an authentic. No, not typically. Uh, no. Practice. You'll get busted. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that time. Yeah. Sandy, when I first met Sandy, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, whenever it was, she just had that look. (laughs) And it's like, you know that that woman has the ability to look through your soul and see the truth. Yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm busted. I'm just not going to lie anymore. I'm just going to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Lastly, and then we'll, we'll bring our, our conversation to a close, but how to cultivate positivity, authentic positivity would be like just reminding yourself that you cannot choose your external circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude and your response. Yeah. I think another thing is what we referenced earlier is 
it's okay not to be okay. Absolutely. Give yourself the ticket. And give others a ticket. More importantly. Yeah, you don't have to fix it. You know, also when dealing with difficulty, pause long enough to realize there is most likely meaning even when there doesn't seem like there is any. Yeah, I think there are, that might be a good podcast. There are multiple purposes for pain. Um, but to what I, what I hear you saying is when you pause, listen to the other person and show respect. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, you know, have enough self-awareness to know that even if you're uncomfortable, don't throw platitudes at Mm -hmm. the individual. Yeah. That's another point. Just avoid those hollow platitudes like, Hey, look on the bright side or, Hey, it's not really a big deal. All things considered, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely try to have a more grounded and balanced view. And I think finally positivity is just an ultimate act of courage. It takes like the, the word, um, be encouraged. Yeah. It means may your courage grow. Yeah. Well, you don't need courage if you're not facing a threat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, let me be a partner in the journey to hopefully be an encourager, which means to allow you to feel my support while you're facing difficulty and maybe together we can get through this. Yeah. Without minimizing it. Yes. Yeah. We can look realistic at it and address it appropriately. Hey, and in the meantime, find your favorite ice cream. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And just, you know, find some, (laughs) find some space to enjoy a sunset or go for a walk or whatever the resource that helps you feel alive in the midst of pain or difficulty. Don't deny yourself some of those little pleasantries. No, because that will help you put it in perspective. Absolutely. Well, it has been a second take on toxic positivity hopefully once we hit the button that stops this recording i will be able to save this and i won't delete it no worries well we hope that your 2023 has started well and even if it hasn't started well may you sit with the opportunity that you're facing we are with you yeah and we look forward to our next episode with you blessings likewise thank you